smart, a man that's running against somebody that's never done a damn thing in the Senate, Mr. Jason Lewis. Thank you once again, everybody. Thank you, Mr. President. It is the talk show host, formerly known as Congressman Jason Lewis, back at it again on News Talk 1110 WBT. In for the one and only Vince Coakley today, tomorrow, and Friday. And gosh, you know, when when BT reached out and said, hey, hey, uh, former Congressman Lewis, can you, can you, former WBT talk show host Lewis, do you think you could spare a couple of days uh, in the second week of October to fill in for Vince? And I thought to myself, yeah, well, maybe, but... Gee, I don't think there's going to be anything going on. What? <laughs> Can you believe this? A world at war. And by the way, it's just not in Ukraine or the Middle East. There are Christian Armenians being slaughtered as we speak. Ethiopia, the Congo, China's developing hypersonic missiles threatening Taiwan. It is all over. Uh, you've got total chaos in the House of Representatives that ostensibly is taking a vote right now as we speak. I don't think that's going to come out today, but we'll uh, monitor that for you, whether the next speaker will be Jim Jordan, Steve Scalise, or Kevin McCarthy, although he says he's taking his name out of the running. We'll see. It is a very, very fluid situation, to say the least, in Washington, D.C. So not only is there... Is there a uh, not a dearth of topics? There are so many topics, it is hard to know where to begin. But I will say, you know, those those Ukraine war hawks, you know, Lindsey Graham and well, the whole South Carolina delegation, it seems uh, the Ukrainian war hawks, the people pounding the war drum, the, the loudest for Ukraine. Maybe they were right after all. They said, look, if we don't if we don't get more involved with American blood and treasure on the ground in Eastern Europe, why why war is going to break out. They just didn't tell us it would be the Middle East. I remember the day when the Soviet Union was the primary backer of terrorist groups like Hamas and Hezbollah and all the rest in the Middle East. But here's a newsflash for those who want to get us more involved in Ukraine. And sadly, I don't know what's in the water down in Rock Hill through Charleston, but the entire South Carolina delegation. Please set me straight here, South Carolinians. I mean, it can be Graham, it can be Tim Scott, it can be certainly Nancy Mace and Nikki Haley is, I'll be blunt, frothing at the mouth over Ukraine and now, of course, war with Iran. Um, even Ralph Norman. Well, what What's going on there? But it used to be the Soviet Union was the ultimate benefactor of the the Arab world going after Israel. <clears throat> but here's a news flash for you. The Soviet Union is no more. And quite frankly, one intelligence chief or, or, or former Intel person, I want to get to the failure of Intel in Israel right in a minute. Uh, they the Soviets never considered Israel a permanent foe. So now they're getting their their armaments from ostensibly Iran. Uh, or some other bad actor in the region, which has nothing to do with Ukraine. There, you know, let me just start off the program with this, and maybe this will tell you exactly where I 
M and why I'm so concerned about the direction of this country, how we are being pulled into war and socialism and bankruptcy all at once, to quote Ohio's Mr. Republican Robert Taft. Uh, The response to the horrific terrorist attacks in southern Israel is revealing Not only because I don't think Israel can let Hamas govern Gaza, and my guess is as they have started the invasion as we speak, they are going to reoccupy Gaza. And who could blame them? This was a horrific terrorist attack. It was Israel's 9-11 with all of the attendant similarities, a total complete failure of intelligence. As I say, we'll get to that momentarily. But the response, and this is why America can't stand both major parties. And maybe why RFK is deciding to run as an independent, even though it's probably more likely the Democrats have their nominating process rigged for a senile man who has no idea what he's doing. And frank, frankly, that sort of chaos invites more chaos. But you've got the reaction to the Hamas terrorist strike in Israel coming from Rashid Tlaib, AOC, Ilan Omar, the squad, who refused to even condemn it. Who refused to condemn it. Now, it's one thing to say, look, I think the Palestinian Authority that was undercut for the sake of Hamas in Gaza, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here, but, but let me just say that Netanyahu and the Israeli authorities made a crucial mistake, <clears throat> but they were afraid of the PLO, so they undercut it by giving incentives to Hamas. Well, that didn't work out too well because Hamas is a radical terrorist organization. But they thought they could keep the peace and keep the PLO, a more secular organization, out of the woodwork because they thought they were a greater threat. Anyway, the the Palestinian authority um, was undercut, as I say, by... Israeli policy, which was a, a mistake. But you've got the squad in Congress that not they can't condemn Hamas or Hezbollah up in, up in Lebanon has a reaction to all of this. Now, that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the extremist spectrum, to which both responses are horribly wrong, is right now the United States needs to bomb Iran. Nikki Haley basically said it. John Bolton and Liz Cheney have been pounding that war drum for years, long before this. Dan Crenshaw says we need a war to end all wars. Channeling his Wilsonian roots. Remember World War I was going to be the war to end all wars, according to Woodrow Wilson and the gang? It started a century of war. We had World War II because of World War I. And now these people are chomping at the bit, not to support Israel, as we have done and will continue to do, diplomatically, morally, militarily. We, you know, we've had these 10-year agreements uh, with Israel to receive the largest amount of foreign assistance uh, from the United States. And that will continue. And I hope they route Hamas. But to get you, the, you, the United States into a, a world war with Israel or with, uh, with Iran and Syria, and let me just say, if you think Iraq was a problem, you ain't seen nothing yet. You can, you can quadruple the military capability, the population, the area, the region. It's an impossibility right now to do that because we are already stretched. And yet, 
that's the response from the Lindsey Grahams and the Dan Crenshaws and the Michael McCalls and the Mike Gallagher's and the Michael Waltz and the Representative Turner in Ohio and Cheney and Bolton and, of course, Nikki Haley. And it's just as absurd as Rashida Tlaib refusing to condemn Hamas. The answer lies in the middle. But before we get to the answer... This is Israel's 9-11, and how were they so asleep at the switch? They were focused on the West Bank. They were focused on, on Lebanon, Hezbollah, and they had their guard totally down on the Gaza Strip. How could they be led astray this way? And by the way, this is not coming from me. This is coming from people in the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force. There are a number of them who say that Israel ignored intelligence from Egypt about a major attack coming from Hamas. Does that sound familiar? Uh, you, you really do have to wonder what is going on here, and it is a world in chaos, and it is very, very sad, and it's very, very ominous. 704-570-1110. That's 704-570-1110. Also, 1-800-WBT-1110, another call in line, a 1-800-928-1110. Give us a call. I'm interested in what you think, how we got here and how we get out or how we move forward and what, what the right possibility or, or, or policy prescriptions are because we're not getting them from either ends of the spectrum. And also, as we speak, a vote for speaker in the House. Are you a Jordan person? Are you a Scalise person? How do you view that chaos? Wow. Bernie's cooking today here, I guess, huh? Pretty cool. Uh, welcome back to the Vince Coakley Show on News Talk 1110 WBT 99.3 FM. It is the artist, formerly known, you know, I used to say the artist, but that's too much Prince, right? It is the talk show host, formerly known as uh, Congressman Jason Lewis. Good to see you once again, to listen to you once again. And don't forget, we want to hear from you today at one 800 WBT 1110. That's 1 800 928 1110 or locally 704 570 1110. It's not like there's nothing to have an opinion on, huh? I mean, it, it is quite amazing. And as usual, you are not getting the truth from the mainstream media. Uh, you're just not. You've got to go. And I thought I would never, ever say this. But Twitter's got more accurate information on the ground in Israel or, for that matter, in Ukraine or any place else than do the mainstream press. Yeah, have you heard? You know what's going on with Azerbaijan and the Armenians? The, the total atrocity that's happening uh, to Christian Armenians? How about what's going on with Yemen or Ethiopia or the Congo? The, the mainstream media, like the border crisis, the real invasion that is directly at our border, and if you think allowing terrorists to, to accumulate, to mass in the Gaza Strip was dangerous for Israel, which obviously it was, that's exactly what they're doing south of our border. We don't know who's coming across. 
You've got the greatest border invasion in the history of the United States. You've got the attendant violence with cartels, drug trafficking, human trafficking, the, the murderous the murderous criminal element that is getting through the border, not to mention possible terrorism. Are we taking those lessons? No. We're more concerned with the border in Ukraine than we are our own southern border. The only place American troops ought to be is in Eagle Pass. But the mainstream media won't go there. And a lot of Republicans won't go there. Obviously, Democrats won't go there. They want to replace. It's called replacement theory. And you're not supposed to say that because then you're a xenophobe. But that's exactly what they've done in Orange County, California, in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, in places in North Carolina and South Carolina, all across the country. They have changed the demographic, certainly the voting pattern of entire communities so they can stay in power. That's what that's what an open border is about. And yet the mainstream media is a wall on that. Like they've been covering up. Uh, the, the 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 horrific horrific war in ukraine where neither side is prevailing and if any side is prevailing it's probably the russians they will prove over time victorious here so why are we spending more blood and treasure to protect joe biden's son and burisma again but these are the same people I mean, you understand, the same people that missed this, that whether they're reporters or politicians, are the same people that were gung-ho on Iraq. How'd that turn out? On Afghanistan. Uh, remember, I, I hate to say this because um, it upsets people, but these radical groups sometimes are a byproduct of blowback to bad policy. Hamas is Sunni. People think, well, Hamas is, is this tool of Iran. The Wall Street Journal says Hamas is a tool of Iran. And I think they have been getting some backing from Iran. But understand, the Sunni element, Saudi Arabia, Qatar has been a huge backer of Hamas. They are Sunni extremists like ISIS. Hezbollah is a Shia extremism, which is totally connected to Iran. But we helped create the Taliban, another ISIS or Sunni extremist group, to ward off the Soviets in, in Afghanistan. Now we get the blowback. We get ISIS, we get 9-11, all of that. How did Hamas come into being? Well, the IDF critics, this isn't me, this isn't America uh, uh, policy wonks. This is coming from the IDF and other Israelis who admittedly don't like Netanyahu say that Hamas... Was, giving, was getting sustenance in Gaza from the Netanyahu administration in, in that they were created as a counterweight to the Palestinian Authority, the PLO and Yasser Arafat going back a few years because they didn't want Arafat, a secular organization, to gain power because they thought he was a greater threat. So, all, and I'm, what I'm going with this is Everybody who tells you they think they know about foreign policy and intelligence and all of this and now telling us we need to bomb Tehran are the ones who got us in the mess in Iraq and Ukraine. Israel will take care of this. My guess is they'll reoccupy Gaza. But to start a conflagration, World War III, with a country that has tripled the land mass, what's it, 600 thousand square miles 
They have a massive army. They may have nuclear weapons. They're trying to get them. I don't know that they do yet. Uh, Iran has a half a million active military personnel. (laughs) I mean, it would be, uh, you know, it's 10 times the issue of Iraq. And we know what happened in Iraq. So we need to have a little introspection here and now look at the extremists who are actually supporting terrorism directed at Israel and Hamas, like Rashida Tlaib and AOC and Ilan Omar, but also be very wary of the knee-jerk crowd that got us in Iraq and Ukraine now wanting war with Iran, which, by the way, predated this invasion. Um, the, you know, John Bolton and Liz Cheney were chomping at the bit for this 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, That's one of the reasons Bolton got fired, that Trump said, look, the guy would have got us into a war, a world war, uh, I mean, this you get Syria and Iran. This, I'll give you one word why this would be devastating. The Strait of Hormuz, where most of the oil passes through. Iran shuts that down, and you have an energy crisis that would make 1973 look like a walk in the park. you got to figure out a way to contain these people. You have to figure out a way to prioritize where national security interests are first and foremost, and then you act on that. But there's a Johnny OneNote, cry and i was beaten up on south carolina but that seems to be to be where a lot of it comes from and nikki haley you know look we're in the carolinas today let's let me just lay it on the line for you and i'm known for my bluntness which cnn hated when i was in congress but nikki haley just plain scares me so you this is this is your shot to take a shot at me for having the audacity in the carolinas to say anything bad about nikki but i just said it <laughs> and I'll say it again. And we are back on the Vince Coakley program for a Wednesday, up and running with former Congressman Jason Lewis, the talk show host formerly known as a representative. You know, I've been in these uh, meetings in the halls of the Capitol where you are creating the rules for the next session and then you elect the leadership, and then you decide how things, the priorities of, of, of your majority in Congress and that sort of thing, which is exactly what's going on right now uh, in the basement in the Capitol someplace. Uh, when you're in the majority, you have a nice room in the basement of the Capitol. I do remember going to those conference meetings every Tuesday morning. But I will tell you um, that I, I don't know that they're going to be able to come to a decision today. Now, ostensibly, the Republicans are meeting to choose the next speaker, after the gang of eight, as they're uh, <clears throat> ignominiously known, uh, threw out Kevin McCarthy, which I would have opposed, by the way, and I would have opposed it because rearranging the deck chairs, as I wrote in my most recent newsletter on Substack, you can keep up with what, how I'm thinking, by the way, every week at jasonlewis.substack.com. And Jordan probably ought to be the next speaker because he represents somewhat of a change in the caucus uh, from the direction of, say, a Kevin McCarthy or even a Steve Scalise. Uh, But if you replace a Kevin McCarthy with Steve, and I like Steve, or a Tom Emmer or Kevin Hearn or anyone, you're not really changing the direction of the caucus in its entirety. And so then the coup to oust McCarthy was just about self-aggrandizement. It was it was not about a substantive change in caucus policy. And I want you all to remember something. 
if you're buying into some of the stuff you hear, that leadership is a representative a representation of the caucus at large. And what that means is that that they are playing politics within politics. And when you don't like what Kevin McCarthy or Paul Ryan or John Boehner does, blame the people who elected him. That is the entire caucus. Well, here's a newsflash, and I know Republicans don't want to hear this, but I think it's very symptomatic of what I, what I was, how I was berating the South Carolina delegation a moment ago on foreign policy and this, this, this bloodlust to get into another war. Um, that is a, a huge contingent in the Republican caucus, and they are the ones holding up spending restraint because they're willing to trade more Pentagon spending with more social spending with the Democrats who don't who want spending increases across the board. And they want to they want to do this quid pro quo. And when you get, you know, Michael McCall or Mike Gallagher or Mike Turner, Michael Waltz, or you get Mitch McConnell, uh, these people say, well, we think Ukraine's the most important thing in the country. You know, it wasn't that long ago where the, our, our version of Joe Biden on the GOP side, Mitch McConnell, was saying, we know that Ukraine is the most important issue in the world right now. How do you feel about that today, Mitch? Well, now he thinks war with Iran is the most important issue. You start to see where this is going. And as long as you have that mindset and you're willing to trade spending this for spending that, it doesn't matter who's leading the caucus in Washington, D.C., because they will be a reflection of that mindset. You simply don't have enough spending hawks to counteract these other hawks. And as long as that's the case, Jordan might be able to, 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 to actually, you could trade the rule to vacate the chair. That's what they're discussing right now in, in, in conference. Um, some people are saying we want to get rid of this rule we put in place for McCarthy that says we are going to allow a motion to vacate to come up at any particular time. And they don't like that because we just saw what happened at any particular time. A Matt Gates can file a motion and wow, you get help from the Democrats and you have chaos. So they want to vacate that vacate. <laughs> they want to vacate the vacate motion. Well, OK, I, I'm good with that. But Jordan, if he, want, if he agrees to that, to become speaker, needs to get something out of that, and that is budget process reform, budgetary reform. We have no control over the budget in Washington, D.C. The authorizing committees have no control. The budget committee has no control. The only people that are driving America towards bankruptcy and socialism, socialism and more wars, except the one on our southern border, the only one that counts, are the appropriators. The appropriations committee the committee that is most lobbied on Capitol Hill, and the 12 subcommittee appropriation chairs who trade out our children's future for more spending each and every session. And you know what? No one can control them. Trust me, I've been there. I've seen it. 704-570-1110 or 1-800-928-1110. Let's go to York, South Carolina, and Ed, you're first up today with Jason Lewis on the Vince Coakley program. Thank you very much. Um, I'm very upset today because I heard that Joe Biden just gave a university millions of dollars, and the university is proud to announce that they support 
what Hamas is doing. Well, sure. Right I mean, now, does that surprise you? And also, on the uh, Harvard University president said he has nothing to do with that kind of support that's going on among students in Harvard. And there's demonstrations in support of attacks on Israel at Times Square, New York. What's going on with my country? Is it gone? Well, you know, let me let me take a step back there. The whole idea behind that is, look, we believe that higher education ought to be a marketplace of ideas where even the most outrageous views are heard. And you know what? There's a there's an element of truth to that, except if you're in this case pro-Israel or if you're pro-American culture or if you believe that, you know what? Um, we are letting an invasion at our southern border change the country's culture and our demographics. If you say that, you're canceled. There is no free speech on, on high, in higher ed on campus for that. So the idea that they let other views that are extreme have their day, but not certain views that are considered politically incorrect or not woke enough, they cancel them, shows the fraud that is higher education the greatest single oxymoron in american lexicon today is something called higher education it's not education at all i will be in for vince all this week wednesday thursday and friday right here on news talk 1110 fm wbt the voice of charlotte's and beyond you know um i am jason lewis former congressman former more importantly former talk show host on wbt for five years some of the best years of my life and i've got a a very very strong affinity for for uh, the region down there and it's uh, it's just so nice to be back here I do want to make certain everybody had a chance because if you want to understand, I guess, in a deeper way what I'm talking about, and they're connected, the budget problems, which were, were the precursor, the chaos in the speakership in the House of Representatives are a direct consequence of the budget problems, and the budget problems are a direct consequence of spending and spending is a consequence of Republican big spenders on the House Foreign Relations Committee, on the Armed Services Committee, um, in the farm belt of the country. Um, I actually, I was a representative from Minnesota, and I had the temerity to vote against the farm bill. Are you crazy? Every consultant, half of my staff, said, are you crazy, sir? But 75% of the farm bill's food stamps, and we don't have work requirements for able-bodied adults without children for food stamps. I wasn't going to support it. And you have to look at that, but you've got the same problem with, say, Republican hawks who have a military installation. Don Bacon of, of Nebraska, who came to Congress with me in the 115th, has gone native. He's, he's the lobbyist's best friend. He's in a swing district, so he's scared, and he will vote for anything that makes him look like he's bringing the bacon home. And I know Don, and he's an okay guy, but, but I mean, he's even a nice guy. But no amount of, let's say, spending on the Pentagon would be enough for him. And I know people are saying, Jason, what are you saying? Israel's at war. We've got war in Ukraine. How dare you attack the DOD? Let me give you a little, a little clue on this. In the final analysis, 
a woke military, and that's what it's become now. We have at once a record $828 billion, almost a trillion dollars we're spending on the Pentagon, while at the same time we have no military readiness. Why is that? Because in the final analysis, it is still a government program, no matter what Lindsey Graham says, no matter what Nikki Haley says. It is a government program. And there is so much waste and fraud and abuse at the Pentagon, it would make your head spin. But there's also these little fundraising breakfasts you have every now and then put on by defense contractors, just like infrastructure contractors. And they can raise five or ten grand in a half-hour moment. And if you don't think people are influenced by that, you need to think again on the way Washington operates. When I was in Congress... And I offered the Defense Spending Accountability Act, which said if you don't get an audit by the DOD, 10% cut in the military brass. It was voted down by my fellow Republicans. Why is that? Because they like spending, too, just on other things. Now, I believe defense is the first object of a central government. Don't get me wrong. I was a Cold War baby. But the Cold War is over, and, and it's still a government program. So the budget was $547 billion as recently as 2018. Under Joe Biden and the deal cutting with Chuck Schumer and the Republicans, it's now $828 billion. I had two brothers in Vietnam. When I asked them, do you think there's any waste at the Pentagon? They roll, they roll over laughing. But Republicans will not touch it. In fact, they want to plus it up. Our very own Ralph Norman, another good guy I came to Congress with. But he went on Fox earlier this year and lamented how much we're spending and then immediately said in the same breath, but we've got to increase spending on the Pentagon. Well, you know what you have to do to get that increased spending? you got to cut a deal with Chuck Schumer. Or you shut the government down. So the budget process is, is unsustainable. Our spending with $33 trillion in debt, bankrupting our children who can now no longer afford a home because interest rates are being driven by massive debt. Anytime you borrow this much money, the cost of money is going to go up. And those interest rates now have priced kids out of the home ownership market. The massive increase in home values done by a Federal Reserve to monetize federal spending has inflated the price of a two-bedroom bungalow to $600,000. That's what this has wrought. That's what we ought to be concerned about. Americans first. Whether it's our economy or whether it's the border, and not a worn-out and tired old ex-Soviet empire, a Russia that can barely feed its own citizens, and poking them to pick the next war so contractors have more weapons to make. Uh, You know, I know this is anathema uh, to a lot of Republican hawks. But if you want to know why they're voting for a new speaker today, this is why. And nobody wants to say it. And I think the response, the response to this horrific attack on Israel merely buttresses my point. And what is that? The same old extremist reactions from two camps that do not represent the bulk of the American people. One, by the Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib pro 
terrorist wing of the Democrat Party refusing to even condemn Hamas, and two, by the Nikki Haley, Don Bacon wing of the Republican Party saying this is our chance for, to attack and start bombing Iran. Well, let's see. How did that war with Iraq go? Did that solve anything? Afghanistan? Anything there work? Let's see. Iraq has 168,000 square miles. Iran has 600,000 square miles. Hmm. The Iraqi army had about 400,000 personnel when we invaded. Uh, Iran has closer to 700,000 military and reserve personnel. Oh, and they control the Persian Gulf, the Gulf of Oman, the Strait of Hormuz, where one-third of the world's oil tanker traffic passes through. They could easily block it, cutting oil exports by 30% overnight. Now, does that mean we look the other way? No, we certainly don't give them $6 billion for hostages. We don't turn the other way. But you, there's a difference between containing an adversary and World War III. And I, you know, it's not, again, it's not a coincidence that these same people are the ones that led us down the primrose path of Iraq, which was a total intelligence failure. Weapons of mass destruction. It achieved nothing except installing. Remember, Iraq was a Sunni counterweight to Iran. They went to war with one another. And what did we do? Now we've got a Shia movement in Iraq. that used to be Sunni to counteract the Shias in Iran. We screwed it up. Blowback. Our intelligence failed like it did on 9-11 and like it did in Israel under Netanyahu. I think this may be the end of Netanyahu. I mean, war is the health of the state, and if he goes back and he wipes out Hamas and he takes over Gaza again, he might get a boost in the polls. But you have to understand what was going on. They were looking at the West Bank, maybe Hezbollah to the north, and their south side was, flank was totally open. Another intelligence failure. This is controversial stuff, I know, but that's why I'm here. Your call's coming up, 1-800-WBT-1110-704-1110. Let's check in with news, and then we'll get to your calls. and smart, a man that's running against somebody that's never done a damn thing in the Senate, Mr. Jason Lewis. Thank you, Frankie Lane. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Vince Coakley. It is the Vince Coakley Radio Program on News Talk 1110-993 WBT. I am the congressman, the talk show host, formerly known as Representative Jason Lewis, back on WBT, where I belong, right? As they used to say, for many years when I was doing PM Drive on WBT. Great spot, great people. Love to be back here. But 
Right now, there are more important things in the world going on, as you may have surmised, and I'm interested in your take, and let us know. 1-800-WBT-1110, that's 1-800-928-1110, or 704-570-1110, the contact lines for this program today and tomorrow and on Friday. As I say, if you want to get the background to all of this, whether it's spending, whether it's foreign policy, whether it's where America is headed culturally, which is not good right now, we're, you know, <laughs> uh, Nero still fiddling while Rome is burning. Um, read my book, Party Animal, The Truth About President Trump, Power Politics and the Partisan Press. The power politics part is all about how we choose the speaker and how these 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 factions within the GOP caucus have yet to unite like the Democrats do. The Democrats just do not condemn each other. And when push comes to shove, they circle the wagons. Republicans circle the wagons and shoot inward. No more evidence of that is needed when you consider Donald Trump. Instead of rallying around the front runner, they're actively trying to bring him down with the help of their allies at the Wall Street Journal or anyplace else. And that's why Republicans can't govern. They don't have a cohesive philosophy yet that is willing to take on the establishment. In fact, they're willing to to sacrifice the country in many cases for power, just like the Democrats. Remember, remember the Respect for Marriage Act? This was um, a redundancy that said, we're going to undo Bill Clinton's DOMA. And DOMA said, basically, that states determine family law in marriage, as they have for 200 years in this country, until the Supreme Court decided to undo the Constitution, which is not their charge. But states determine family law in marriage. You get married in the state of. And what was happening was, People who believed in gay marriage at the time would get married in Massachusetts and then go to Iowa and say, well, under the full faith and credit clause, you have to acknowledge our marriage, which meant that one state could govern for the entire country. So Bill Clinton, of all people, signed DOMA. And under DOMA, he simply said states can determine marriage, gay, straight, polygamous, whatever. But that doesn't compel another state to honor it under full faith and credit. And that was called the Defense of Marriage Act. Well, thanks to silly libertarians and liberals on the Supreme Court, like Neil Gorsuch and others, and all the liberals, they miraculously found a right to gay marriage in the Constitution where there is none. There's no right to heterosexual marriage in the Constitution, period. It's reserved to those laboratories of democracy called the states. But the activist court said, oh, no, no, no. Justice Kennedy and Gorsuch laid the groundwork and finally ruled that, oh, no, no, it's, it's, there's gay marriage in the Equal Protection Clause. It's right there. Benjamin Franklin used to talk about gay marriage all the time. You see how silly this can become. So why would the Congress support a respect for marriage bill that codifies that? Well... They said, gosh, look what happened to Roe v. Wade. If they ever overturn the right to gay marriage in the Constitution by the Supreme Court, we could have DOMA again. Now, they didn't tell you that what they just really did with the respect for marriage is probably unleash polygamy on the states as soon as somebody challenges it. But guess who voted in favor of this? All of the General Milley war fighters in the Republican Party. 
the people I've just named, all supported this nonsense. Why? Because they're dealing with a quid pro quo with Schumer and the Democrats to get more Pentagon spending. Now, it may sound odd that you've got a former member of Congress complaining about Pentagon spending, A, as a Republican, and B, when the world is at war. But understand something, friends. From George Washington to Ronald Reagan, the purpose of a strong defense was to prevent war. Somewhere along the neoconservative spectrum, we've and the the as as President Eisenhower, a great Republican who knew a little about war, reminded uh, reminded the country that there is this military industrial complex that doesn't seek to prepare for war but seeks to find wars. I mean, let's be blunt about this. Where are they going to sell the weapons? And the problem with so many regions, Iraq and Iran is a perfect example. As I told you earlier, Iraq under Hussein, who was sort of secularist, but was a Sunni country. The greatest divide in the Middle East is not Arab and Jew, it's Sunni and Shia. They are at war with one another. In fact, I would go a step further. I would say that Hamas, a Sunni organization, attacked Israel in this horrific way because they were afraid of the Abraham Accords and the deal that Israel was going to make with Saudi Arabia. Sunni and and Israel locking arms. Why was Saudi Arabia willing to do that? Because they knew it would cordon off, it would isolate Iran because Iran is Shia. And this goes back to, you know, centuries of Islamic thought. Who's the heir to, to the prophet Muhammad? Shia and Sunni. But those are the factions that have been fighting. So we had this perfect counterweight, well, albeit not perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. But we had a counterweight in, in, in Iraq, and we overthrew it. We had a counterweight to Iran in Iraq. They went to war, and we overthrew it. And guess who moved into Iraq? Iran and the Shias. That's called blowback. That's when our actions actually create more problems. We help create the Taliban in Afghanistan. And now what happens? I could go right down the list. We disarmed Japan after World War II, that natural counterweight to China. Now, they're starting to rearm, but albeit slowly. South Korea, North Korea, you name it. So sometimes when we stick our nose into places... We create more problems than we solve. And yet, there is, as Dwight D. Eisenhower warned, a group in Washington that has a zeal to do that. And hence, that's why we get two choices out of the terrorist attack against Israel. One is we've got to support Hamas. Believe it or not, that's what the squad, the Democrat squad, is saying. They refuse to condemn the horrific attacks. But the other end of the spectrum is, as I say, and I'm love, I love to tweak people, so you know, indulge me. The South Carolina delegation that says, no, 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 this means we must start bombing Iran tomorrow without ever considering the bloodbath that that would entail. The economic carnage when oil stops through the Strait of Hormuz. The massive land army that Iran has. The nuclear enrichment they're under, the armaments they have, which are, which dwarf Iraq. 
Why are they so eager for this? Why are they pounding this? Well, because Liz Cheney and John Bolton wanted war with Iran during the Trump administration. And were it not for Donald Trump, had Donald Trump been George Bush, we probably would have had it. And this is the conundrum we find ourselves in. Uh, and these are not good choices. They are the politics of the extreme. And we need to come up with a better way. We need to support Israel militarily, diplomatically, and we do that. But th- th- this, this notion that we need to go to a, a, another world war with Iran is, A, it's, it's going to be a bloodbath, but B, it would cause more problems than it would solve. Many more problems. And we are back on the Vince Coakley radio program, News Talk 1110 WBT. I am the former talk show host known as Congressman Jason Lewis, or actually was known as Congressman Jason Lewis. But I saw what was going on in the halls of the Capitol up close and personal, wrote about it in my new book, Party Animal, The Truth About President Trump, Power Politics. That was the power politics part. And, of course, the partisan press, which, by the way, whether it is the race for speaker in Washington or the war in the Middle East or Ukraine or any place else, do not, do not rely on the mainstream media. I'm sorry. Twitter is a better source. Yeah, Twitter or X under Elon Musk is a better source. Um, these people have an agenda. Well, I'm watching, a, uh, I'm watching an analyst on one of the cable networks go over the war in the Middle East right now. And... Um, he's long been an advocate of, of, of more military spending and Ukraine and, and policing the world. And yet he was either sitting on the board or advising defense contractors. Now, that's a conflict of interest. And it's part of the spending problem, which is part of the, the war problem we've got. Um, and these, and I, all I'm saying today is sometimes when we get our nose involved in areas where we shouldn't be, we create blowback. And right now, by the way, there is uh, a number of IDF soldiers and Israeli intelligence officials, not to mention an Egyptian security individual who uh, remains anonymous. So take it for what it's worth. Nevertheless, they have told AP News that Israeli officials ignored warnings from Egypt that Hamas was planning, quote, something big, close quote, in Gaza. They ignored it because they were focused on the West Bank or whatever reason. But I read this stuff and I go, oh, my gosh, it sounds like 9-11. It sounds like it is Israel's 9-11. And it sounds like all of the people from, oh, I don't know, James Clapper to Mr. Brennan, all of our intel officials who were openly campaigning for Joe Biden, they have been warped, corrupted. So all I'm telling you today is don't rely on the people, whether it's on television or whether it's in the newspaper or even in your own government. Um, you've got to dig deeper for the truth here, and it's more crucial than ever. Mark in uh, Rock Hill, I believe it is, you're first up this segment on WBT. Good morning. Oh, I wanted to take, um, I wanted to agree with you that, um, Nikki Haley is not ready for prime time. She may have been a great U.N. ambassador. Uh, her remarks about um, bombing, um, about going to war with Iran, it's simply 
turns into a big mess in a big hurry, as you alluded to. I sat in a uh, summer leadership conference for, um, I mean, faith-based people, and we talked about a scenario of uh, with involving Iran. Now, remember, they're Persians. I went through a went through a paper game from a book, Hawks, Doves, and Owls in Norton Publishing, <laughs> supplemented by our facilitator from Selected uh, Thoughts and Concepts in the Magician's Nephew by C.S. Lewis. Yes. If you stay conventional throughout that region and that... Um, we draw Turkey into the situation. That's a right. NATO country. Yep. And um, Syria and Syria. Gets, we have World War Three. And Syria. Um, they, you know, th- this is you got to understand the geopolitics as you're talking about. Iran is a maritime power. Uh, its borders include the Caspian Sea, the Persian Gulf, the Strait of Hormuz, the third of the world's oil tanker traffic. Um, they are bordering Afghanistan, Turkey, Iraq, Pakistan. Uh, you've got Syria on their side. Uh, you, you are so right about this, and it's so irresponsible coming from Haley. But these are the people that have been pounding the war drum in Ukraine. And after a while, you just you, you have to take a step back and just say, have war, will travel no matter where. They want military action. And it's a bizarre scenario, and it's very, very dangerous for America. Uh, and and you, not to mention, Iran has 82 million people. I think Iraq had about 25 million. Israel has under 10. This is not, you know, we were gonna we were gonna take over Iraq in a week. Remember that from Bush Cheney? Uh, no problem. That, we're gonna go over there in a week. How did that work out? Now, can you imagine the same in a country 10 times as large? Um, it is the. You're absolutely right, Mark. I'm glad you called. It is the height of irresponsibility for Dan Crenshaw or Nikki Haley or John Bolton. To, to be encouraging America in another regional conflict when we can't get over, when we can't control our own border. Cage the elephant. You know what we need? We need a little uh, Red Hot Chili Pepper, Danny California. See if you can dig. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, The talk show host formerly known as Congressman Jason Lewis in for Vince Coakley this week, uh, today, tomorrow, and Friday from 10 to noon. So please join us and call in. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110 as well. Uh, give you up, get you up to date on everything. Israel has responded in force. I don't think that's going to end anytime soon. And who can blame them as the war there escalates? Um, no word from Kiev yet. <laughs> I imagine Zelensky's worried this might detract some resources. Uh, more than that, in Washington, D.C., there's no word on the election of a new speaker. They are all connected, friends. Because one thing Republicans and Democrats agree on in Washington, no across-the-board spending cuts. I wrote about it in my book, Party Animal, which is available in Audible version now, 10 hours of me. And on my newsletter, jasonlewis.substack.com, 
They all have their special interests, folks. I saw that as a member of Congress. And they refuse to do the one thing that will get us out of the real national security crisis, our debt, $33 trillion. And that's cut spending across the board, including the sacred cows, whether it's welfare, big ag, or the DOD. Um, There's no other way to get out from under it, and neither one wants to do it. So they are all connected here. Stan, Fort Mill, you're first up this segment. Welcome to the program. Thanks. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Yeah, I wanted to make a comment. And after watching what I've watched uh, the last few days, like, and especially after I listened to uh, Alan Dershowitz talk on Fox News, that's not about people in Harvard and get the Ivy League schools and all the yep. pro-Hamas demonstrations going on. If you can't look at a group of people going in and killing women, children, kids, just because of their DNA or genetics. Yep. And trying to extinguish it and say that that's wrong, then you've actually been radicalized yourself. And I personally think we have our radicalization camps right here in America. I think it's our public education system in our area. Well, like I said, I, I don't agree, disagree with anything you said. I think there are two camps, though. I don't think, um, on the one hand... You're quite right. We are being radicalized. Uh, I don't think we're going to be radicalized, though, into a a Shia stronghold where we're going to kill gay people for being gay, nor obviously should we. Um, But that's what happens in these Islamic in the Islamic world in many cases, not every case, but in many cases. I don't think we're going that direction. We're going into a politically woke oppressive state that the leaders get to pick and choose which is sacrosanct and which isn't. And right now, of course, they believe Palestinians are sacrosanct and the Jews are expendable, um, which is obviously an affront to anyone. But it's, it's not that they want to live under that kind of rule. They want to live under a rule where our culture is systematically destroyed, not from Islam, but from just rank old oppression where... There is no guiding philosophy. It's sort of a a, a nihilism that says, well, if I feel this way, then that's going to be the rule, the law of the land, no matter what the majority says. And it could be it could be gender transition. It could be, you know, all sorts of things. But it's it's oppression nonetheless, because they don't believe in the thing that keeps us free. And that is process process, the separation of powers, especially vertical balance checks and balances the the rights of the states versus the rights of the central government they want to eradicate that so everything is governed from washington and that is very dangerous what you what you're adjusting what you're saying is is that basically anything that guarantees their future power is what they go for and everything else is just off the off the the table you know it's as old as scripture if you think about it mark i mean how many people in your family your relatives your neighbors are just plain busybodies you know, you know who I'm talking about. Could be an uncle, an aunt. Get the hell out of my face, right? That's what you want to say. But they're busybody. It's DNA. And you don't give those sorts of people power. And that's what we've done. And now they're consolidating power. And it's and it's and I would go a step further. It's obviously the radical left on campus in the mainstream media. I talk about that in my book. But remember Eisenhower's warning. What what Hamas did to young Israelis is an atrocious terroristic act, which is going to be met with Netanyahu's army. Forget about 2005 self-rule for Gaza. That's done. They're going to reoccupy Gaza, and who can blame them, right? 
Um, but the flip side to that is people just waiting for this tragedy to happen so they could say, ah, and finally, now we need a war with Iran. Well, you know, who, does that, who do you think that would benefit? Who, who benefited from the war in Iraq, Afghanistan, Ukraine? So you've got these special interests on every side that are vying for control, elites vying for control over the massive majority in America that said, you know what, um, let's give diplomatic and moral support to Israel, continue with the, the, the foreign aid help and all that, but let's get control of our own borders. I'm here to tell you, folks, the only place American troops should be right now, and the National Guard, of course, is on our border. And guess what? That is the last thing on the minds of the global elites. In fact, the opposite is true. So it, it is a, a, this is why Trump is this existential threat, Mark. He doesn't just present a threat to the people you mentioned who are apologists for terrorists. He presents a threat across the board to the other side, to the John Boltons and the Liz Cheney's and the Dan Crenshaw's of the world who want to be in Ukraine, want to be you know, at war everywhere. And th- that, that is a threat in general to the global elites. And boy, have they pushed back. They're trying to imprison him for, for it all. all right. Hey, who says I'm not hip? Uh, keep it going. I love this tune. Yeah. You know, I discovered this not long ago. And I didn't realize it was what? What is this, Bernie? Five or ten years old? Something like that? Red Hot? <laughs> My daughter says, Dad, I didn't realize you were that modern. <laughs> I'm hip. Red Hot Chili Peppers for you. The best uh, bumpers courtesy of Bernie. You know what? Save that one for tomorrow and Friday. I just like that intro. Uh, Maybe we'll do a Beatle bumper on Friday as well. I am Jason Lewis, the talk show host formerly known as Congressman Lewis, in for Vince Coakley. He's taking a couple of well-deserved days off. I'll be here tomorrow and Friday right here on News Talk 1110 WBT. Let's head over to Gastonia. Roger, been waiting patiently. You're next up. Oops. I'm going to turn my volume up here. Yes, sir. You're making a lot of sense out there. I appreciate it. I'm glad you're going to be here for a couple more days. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, uh, you, uh, and early on today, you said, uh, what does this remind you of, the, mm-hmm. the sneak attack war? Well, it reminds me of 9-11. Yes, it does. And uh, I have a book that I Pearl read Harbor? years ago. <laughs> Pearl Harbor? Yeah. Um, Lusania? Uh, sure. Lusania or? But, but, but especially 9-11, because this, this book here is 20 years old. Um, it's called A Thousand Years for Revenge, which is a, a long-time sort of Muslim outlook on things. And International Terrorism and the FBI, The Untold Story by Peter Lance. Peter Lance uh, has a lot of credit. And Chuck Grackley has a quote in here I'd like to read real quick. Yep. Uh, is that okay? Yeah, go right in. This is a quote from Chuck Grassley, Republican, Iowa. An astonishing series of revelations, this book is a must-read for the FBI, the 9-11 Commission, Congress, and anyone whose job it is to protect national security. If the FBI is to successfully transform itself from a crime-solving agency 
to a terrorism prevention force, it must learn from the mistakes described in this book. Well, and what's the essence of it all? The essence that, is it was it, there's more here than meets the eye that whether it's Pearl Harbor or the Lusitania in World War One or 9-11, that there are intelligence people that knew about this but didn't do anything. Right. And why was that the case? Right. Could it be that, say, the intelligence that the Roosevelt folks ignored over Pearl Harbor was done so deliberately so we would have a justification to get into the war? Could that be? Right, right, right. And uh, some of the most heinous legislation ever passed came about right after 9 Japanese internment camps, you bet. Uh, the inco- income tax withholding started in World War II. Ra- Randolph Bourne once said, war is the health of the state. That means that when we're at war and people are afraid, government grows leaps and bounds. Your civil oh liberties are, are, are taken in a back seat. So whether it's Pearl Harbor or 9-11 as a pretext to the Iraq war, um, you know, it, it is very, I'm not, I'm not saying this true. I am saying knowing what we now know about the corruption of our highest levels of intelligence, James Clapper, James Brennan come to mind. Um, the right. FISA, the uh, secret wiretaps on Americans, section 702, mm-hmm. you name it, knowing what we know, and not to mention the intelligence failures, you do have to wonder how all of this could be just incompetence right right it's it's coordinated i mean i'm not saying that that's what your book says that's what you're alleging i don't know but i think it is worth exploring um and if you want to update that you have to ask the question of and i'm again i'm quoting former idf israeli defense force soldiers and israeli intelligence personnel who have come forward online, which is where you're going to get, sad, sad as it is to say, more truth out of this than from the Wall Street Journal or Fox News, uh, and not to mention MSNBC and CNN. They're, they're all legacy media doing the bidding of government. Um, but why are these folks coming forward saying that the Netanyahu administration knew of the Egyptian warnings that Hamas was, quote, planning something big, and they were ignored? Why? Well, my answer to that is usually it's all part of the master plan, but I think in the end, God's plan will overrule and humanism will implode. It just won't work. Well, I hope you're right. I, I, would, I mean, America is here because of divine providence. We are a special breed, and we don't like to be told what to do, and we don't like our civil liberties being torn away. But is it, a, is it the same America of 50 years ago, 100 years ago? I don't think it is. No, uh, no, I think think we're post-Christian and post-Republic, honestly. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's what's really scary about this. And look, let's just take this where you're going, and we'll leave the folks with something to think about here that will upset my Republican brethren, but it needs to be said. And that is, go back to Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, the Liz Cheney caucus in the House that was just starting when I was there. This is the, the hawkest of the... The, the, the most harsh war hawks you can imagine. Liz Cheney, and I wrote this in my book, Party Animal, told me she didn't care about the national debt as long as we plussed up the Pentagon. Um, she didn't care about that. She voted for FISA over and over again, didn't care about the spying. But if you take a look at these people who 10, 15, 20 years ago, John Bolton, according to President Trump, was advocating war with Iran. Now, what would be 
the easiest way to get there? A, a travesty by Hamas? Would that be a reason for to ignore the intelligence? That is a that is a horribly skeptical worldview that whether it's Pearl Harbor or ignoring intelligence at 9-11 or why um, Egypt now says, Egyptian officials saying that Israel ignored intelligence, you got to be pretty cynical to do that just to get a country into war. But that sounds like what your book is saying. Well, it, it details uh, the agents on the ground that were telling the FBI upper level, this is what's going on. And they, they didn't listen. And they didn't listen. And why aren't people listening? Uh, why? How, how could we? How could? Yeah, it, it's very, very strange. I mean, we were, the, the Israeli policy was actually giving sustenance to Hamas for a while. Now, that could be just a misguided policy thinking, well, we can turn them over or they won't attack us. But they were focused on the West Bank. And that southern flank was entirely open, unguarded. How could you how could that have happened? And I think that those are the questions that the mainstream media will not ask, but they need to be explored. So uh, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks to all of you. We'll be back tomorrow on the Vince Coakley radio program. Don't forget Jason Lewis dot We'll see you then. <laughs> 